Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. One of the things that I find it's rare these days is to see somebody start a career, work 30 or 40 years, and then just stop and truly retire. You know, more and more, I see people, that's just kind of phase one. Then there might be a step into something different and have conversations all the time about what is that next phase? Because if I retire in my 60s, from maybe one job, maybe it's not from work. Maybe it's just what's next. I don't want to sit around for 20 or 30 years and live a life of leisure, so to speak. So Bill, I know this is kind of the case for you. So tell me, what was your first career, so to speak? Well, my first career was um, being a faculty member at University of Georgia, teaching in the speech communication department there. After earning my graduate degrees from Ohio University, I've been fascinated with communication, as you know, I still am. In college, I guess it started with a speech course I took and also participated in dramatics, which I did a little bit of. In you're, you're still pretty theater. dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still participating, yes. So academics, that was that was first career, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and then there was something else behind then that. Then secondly, I became a uh, vice president of uh, three colleges and then a medical center. So the way I look at it, I studied communication for years, got the highest degrees, taught it, and then I wondered how much of this stuff really works. (laughs) So I put it to the test. Okay. Now now entrepreneur is kind of phase three, right? That's right, since 1996. Well, I bring that up because our first guest today... Uh, I'm excited to talk about it's an entrepreneur. It's Chess Brett, and Chess retired from a corporate setting, corporate world, and now he's talking about what's next. And I think that's a great conversation. So, Chess Brett, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here, Bo. Looking well, forward to it. Yeah, tell me a little bit about it. So, I know you had the Primerica. You you worked that was that was the work for a while. Thirty thirty six years is a while, yeah. right? Well, tell me about that background just a little bit. Yeah, so 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 really, my background is my dad was an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. Okay, that he retired out of the army after thirty six years, opened a fast food restaurant. So I grew up around that entrepreneurial environment, and then then uh, I went to the University of Georgia. I think like both of you mm-hmm. did. And that I majored in accounting, and the only thing that I found out in four years was I didn't want to be an accountant. There you okay, go. <laughs> so, so, uh, and that, and that all of my summer jobs had been construction, and so I actually the first three or four years out of college, uh, uh, I was building houses, and so you know interest rates went to seventeen percent, things tanked, and my best friend Rick Mathis called and say, hey, that there's a, a, a an upstart. In, uh, insurance operation and uh, that uh, he'd went to work for the company and that he said, look, I got a job for you, but you're going to have to start at the bottom. And so if you sort of look at my career, I did, in fact, start at an entry level position and retired 36 years later as the chief marketing officer. Now, for a kid from Grayson, Georgia, you know, that's, that's pretty uh, good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> 
<laughs> so after so thirty uh, so after after the career you retired. Now, what's the best yeah. part you're seeing about retirement so far? Yeah. So so really in retirement, the thing that I found that's amazing is the freedom of time. For the first time in forever, you can spend as much time with your family uh, as you want to. You get to plan your own calendar. But at the same time, when I retired, I did in fact go from a hundred miles an hour mm. to zero. Okay, and so that uh, I spent a lot of time reflecting on kind of, you know, why I'd had some success. And, and uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that in the next phase of my life that I didn't stay at zero, that I actually lived a better life in this next phase than in the first phase. So, uh, and, and that was really part of what led to the book. But, but it did that, that if, as, as people are thinking about retirement, and even young folks, they ought to be preparing for what life ought to be like mm. after retirement not just the fun stuff because i had the fun stuff down bo i'm a <laughs> I, you know that time with the family uh i'm a season ticket holder to the university of georgia for football baseball basketball women's basketball gymnastics oh I my lo- gosh that i love busy just out there yeah so 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 i so i had that part down but but uh, and I actually thought that uh, what I would do is sort of a not really a second career, but a second way, a second wave to to give back to others. I figured I I thought I'd figure that out in thirty days after I retired. Okay, but that wasn't the case, and so that's still sort of evolving even three years after retirement. And so you know, and one of the things is that uh, uh, while I was a guy who uh, you know can't type barely can type i have in fact written a book it's been published and there's a few thousand books in circulation and so you know that's one of the ways that i can give back to others and hopefully some folks will read the book and uh and uh that you know it'll there might be something that i said in the book that impact their lives and they'll help others and and maybe this you know that there'll be a multiplier effect and i'll actually do some good before i check out of this world somebody else will look <laughs> back and say hey something in that book so the book is seek to be wise it's by our guest chess brett finding extraordinary wisdom in everyday life so this was kind of it sounds like this was kind of you reflecting back and what are the principles and lessons i learned when you had some time to actually process it right absolutely You and I know, Bo, from our own experiences that writing a book is not something you do one weekend. (laughs) It's it's a laborious task, but it's it's, uh, enjoyable and, and it's very fulfilling as Chess has been able to write down what he learned in a lifetime of corporate life. I remember hearing about uh, somebody thinking a book was so easy. Somebody said to them at a cocktail party, I hear you're writing a book. And they said, oh, yes, I got the pages numbered. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, so so, so, so just to respond to what Bill said, if I would have known what it took to have written a book, I probably would have never done it. Okay, just, just, just to be, you know – you know, totally honest about it. And really, Bill, that when I reflected on my life, the lessons that I wrote about in the book wasn't all the things that I learned in business, wasn't all the great people that I'd met and all. It's not that book. It's about things that you learn from my from my mother and father mm. that actually shaped me right. and that sort of guided me through life. Well, we're talking to Chess Brett. The book is Seek to Be Wise. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. You're listening to the voice of local business, North Georgia Business Radio X. Now, Chess, I'm curious. I like the title, Seek to Be Wise. How did you land on that? 
Okay. So you notice it didn't say, I am wise. There okay. you go. I like so, it. So I seek to be wise. And so and so even, even from the time um, I was a little kid, okay, the story of Solomon always amazed me. Okay. He had... He had the opportunity to have God grant him one thing, okay, and he chose for he chose wisdom. So even when I was a little kid, I used to think, you know, I, you know, I always wanted to be the quarterback at the University of Georgia. I wanted to be Fran Tarkington and play in the NFL. And I used to have these thoughts go through my head: Did did Solomon really make the right decision? What you know, if I had that chance, would I ask to be an athlete, or would I, or if I had all the money in the world, could I solve all the world's problems? So throughout my life. I've I've always felt like wisdom was one of those things. Even if you're not the smartest guy in the room, if you're the wisest guy in the room, you can play. You know, you can compete with uh, folks who are a lot smarter, but really might not see some things that that you see. So, um, uh, so, 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 uh, one of the things that I think has actually helped me uh, in my career and in my personal life and in my spiritual life and, and just life in general was the fact that I always wanted to be a little wiser tomorrow than I am today. And that, you know, over time, uh, when when uh, when uh, I followed some of the maxims that are in that book, my life got better. When I cho- when I thought I was smarter than the maxims, life got worse. And so, well, I like so seek to be wise. What I want to do is when we get back from the break, I like to dig into maybe a couple of your favorite principles or excerpts there are chapters okay and kind of dig into that and we'll actually learn something from chess today on the show a lot of fun and i love the way you, you phrase that it was seek as we're seeking together we're learning together <laughs> absolutely so so much wisdom just in that yeah. approach absolutely i'm bo henderson here with dr bill lampton we're talking to chess brit author of seek to be wise going to learn some some things to apply when we come back right here on the voice of north georgia north georgia business radio x Who couldn't use more wisdom? We're talking about the book Seek to Be Wise with our guest Chess Brett. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. And before we went to the break, we were talking about, let's do a a learning portion of the show here. I mean, we got this great book. I love the idea of of teaching wisdom and sharing wisdom as, as you've been attaining it, Chess. Is there a story or a chapter or something that pops out that you just love to talk about in this book? Yeah, and so and so one of the things that um, while this is th- this is so simple, it's so powerful. Okay, usually I, know, it is. Yeah, I, yeah. So I had a conversation w- with my mother one day when I was I don't know twelve or thirteen years old, and it stuck with me the rest of the of my life. I don't remember now what we what I was struggling with, but she said, "Son, do the right thing, and the rest will come out in the wash." And so throughout my life. That's been one of the things that have really that, that that that's really helped me. Whenever I did the right thing, things turned out better. When I decided, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to follow my heart. I'm not going to do what I really think is the right thing to do. I'm going to do this because it looks easier. It looks like, you know, there won't be uh, any fallout from this. But but that never seemed to work out. So so that five minute conversation with my mother really was one of the guiding principles that helped me in my 36-year career and and, and in my personal life, my financial life, you know, uh, that regardless of, of, of what you do, that if you get a little wiser every day, I mean, you re- you look at what you do financial planning, it's really about taking a, a wise approach to uh, 
someone's hopes and dreams and what they're trying to accomplish. Right. And so I don't care if it's your personal life. I don't care if it's your uh, financial life. Your, you know, that 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 wisdom is a great place to start because that is the basis of all self improvement. It's it is, you know, I, I've read a, I've I've read uh, in your book where that's one of the things that you talk a lot about. It's a powerful force in life. You know, and I love that. So mom's wisdom. I yeah. love and, yeah. and sometimes the, the most powerful principles, they're the easiest. And it's do the right thing. And I love that. How many times are we faced in a stressful situation and there's a decision to be made? And how much easier and, and simpler does that make it if the d- defining factor is to ask yourself, am I doing the right thing? Right. You know, that, that I, I do believe in life that you make better decisions when you're guided by sound principles. So I th- you know, I, I think my mom, who was, you know, she was the moral compass in our family. And, uh, you know, that simple piece of advice, I, you know, I, I'll think of her. I'll thank her forever for that. So that, that was worth the price of admission for today's <laughs> show right there. Chess, one of the things that, uh, that I think about is the older we get, the wiser we understand our parents were. And I, I, I know all of us have probably heard what... Mark Twain said among his many famous statements, he said, when I was 15 years old, I couldn't believe how stupid my father was. <laughs> and when I was 20, I couldn't believe how much he'd learned. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sage words there, Bill, because it is, in fact, you know, that that I was blessed with wonderful parents. And, uh, and my dad was, in fact... You know, my rock, my go-to, you know, he, my dad died in 2012. I miss him to this day. Okay, but my mom was always our moral compass. Dad taught us how to get along with people and taught us, taught us a lot of things about life, but mom was the moral compass. And so the combination of those two, my dad uh, served in World War II. He, he lied about his age when he was 16, wow. joined the Army, uh, fought in the, uh, 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 in the European campaign. Some people lied about so. their age to stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but and, th- there and were so, those who lied so they could get in and be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, and so um, yeah, so you're so that one of the greatest blessings of life is to have parents, and I had two of the best because you never woke up one day or one minute of your life that you didn't know with certainty how much they loved you. Well, I've said I've said course. many times that the uh, the best decision I ever made was before I was born. I chose the right path. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Seek to Be Wise, a book by our friend and today's guest, Chess Brett. Now, Chess, I always wonder, kind of from my, my thinking of writing a book or marketing, who is this book for? I want listeners that you think this was written for to say, hey, maybe I should get a copy. Yeah. So, so th- there's, really, th- there's really two groups that, based on the feedback that I've gotten, that are the most impacted by the book, and it's really the people who the publisher said was the target audience. It's that, it's that person in their mid-20s or early 30s who their career sort of, you know, that, that you know, this thing's just didn't turn out like they thought they were going to turn out. And so I think there's words of wisdom in there that'll help them think about what they need to do to live a better life. And then I do think that uh, the, the, the book, it really causes folks uh, my age or those 45 and older to really think about, uh, uh, you know, so, so in my book, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm not really telling you what to do, but I am wanting you 
to think. I'm giving you things to think about, but really what I want you to do is think about the things in your life where you found extraordinary wisdom based on your life experiences. Life is always teaching, and the real question is, are you wise enough to learn the lessons that life's teaching? And so... Learn the lessons and then apply them. Yeah, you got to take some action, which is one of the things that you're big on uh, in the in the messages that you've written, Bob. I mean, if you don't take action, you're not going to get much. You just got to you know a lot of stuff, right? Right. right. Well, let's talk. So I know we're talking about so so after after the the corporate after the financial background work writing the book, but I know you're also helping entrepreneurs and doing some maybe business coaching, it sounds like. Tell me a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah. So, 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 Bo, I wouldn't call myself a business coach. I wouldn't call myself a consultant. Okay. You know, I, I think I'm really sort of a, a blend of both. You know, I get these calls all the time from these folks that want me to do consulting work with one of their clients, okay? And they want me to be a statistician or know the market. They want to know all these technical guys. I, you know, I just have to tell them I'm not your guy. And so where I think I can help an entrepreneur, you know, I came from, uh, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur. My career, I spent 36 years helping independent contractors build their business. And so I know the struggles that they have and that I see things from a different perspective because I've had, you know, I grew up with, within the the home office and work closely with the field. And so I think that, that in my retirement, the entrepreneurs that I've worked with, uh, I've been able to take the things that I've learned and their entrepreneurial spirit and how they think of things. And we're able to sort of have a, have a mind meld. And, and a lot of times I can get them to, to think a little differently about some things and it helps them grow their business. Because I, I, I really, when I meet with an entrepreneur, the thing that I want to do is I want to help them grow their business, you know, and so I don't, I couldn't tell you how to start your new internet company or anything <laughs> like that, but I can help you with your big picture. I can help you with things that, uh, uh, that if you're struggling with some things in your business, I might have a perspective that'll help you uh, get things on track. Well, and talk about that in this, in, in life now, now we're talking about seeing somebody um, with, with collaboration, co-creation, sharing wisdom, reach their goals. How fulfilling is that? Yeah. That's what it's yeah. all about at the yeah. end of the day. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know. So we talked about this book, but I know you're not just resting there. I know you got some other things in the work. So you got another book on the on the way or what's next? Yeah. So, 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 you know, like I said earlier, if I'd known what it took to write a book, I'd have probably <laughs> never done it. But the thing that, um, uh, that, that I, that, uh, the reason why I decided to write another book is that, you know, I have reached, um, a, a a few thousand people. I hope by the end of the year, I've reached you know thousands of thousand more, thousands more people. Okay, but that I actually read this book. I read a chapter of this book every morning, not because I think I'm so smart or that I've wrote such a good book, but it reminds me of things mm-hmm. that I need to do. And more than that, I can read this book and know if I die tomorrow. Okay, that my grandkids and their kids will actually know something about their pops. And so to me, the thing that I didn't set out to do this, okay, but that um, that I do believe I'm going to have a legacy that mm-hmm. I can leave to my children if I don't, if nothing else happens, if nobody else ever, you know, but, but my goal isn't just to do that. My, my goal is, and so, so my first book, I wrote about the things that I, that I thought helped me in life. And then as I continue to reflect on life, 
then the, my second book, I want to talk about the things that if I would have doubled down on, if mm-hmm. I would have done more, if if I would have done differently. I know, Bill, you and I were talking about before the show that early in my career, I wished I would have taken advantage of every opportunity to speak and to communicate with others, but I didn't do it. I mean, I, I tried to avoid all that kind of stuff. And if I, if I would have doubled down on that, then it would have made a huge difference in the trajectory and speed of my career. I'm excited about what's next. I'm excited to finish reading this, The Seek to Be Wise. I've looked through so much. Now, somebody listening that, hey, maybe I should get a copy. This sounds interesting. Best way to get in touch with you or find the book. Okay. The 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 books are available wherever books are sold. It's in audio. It's in uh, it's it's in electronic format. Uh, you can find out more about me at chessbrit.com. And you can also uh, order the, the book there. You know, if you go to your local bookstore, the book probably won't be in stock, but they can order it for you if you like to, to do business with them, or you can order it off of, off of Amazon. Well, that's Chess Britt with Seek to Be Wise. Thanks so much for being on the show. When we come back, we're going to talk to El Taco Man, Bill. I'm real excited. I bet going you are. Wisdom to food, my favorite. <laughs> we come back right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. So we've had some good tips on timeless principles with our guest, Chess Britt. And now we're going to transition to one of my favorite topics. It's food. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. And we have our guest, Manny Carrillo and Katie Elskew with El Taco Man. And guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Bill, what do you think? We're going to transition to food. Well, uh, already had some good samples. That's right. Just before the show, I've, full full disclosure, I had a quesadilla, had a couple tacos. The whole radio staff had some food, and, and guys, the, the the feedback across the board was two thumbs up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about El Taco Man, just the, just the big picture. You want to start off? No. Well, start. basically, I started off in 2016 here in Georgia. Okay. I've been doing this since California. Uh, um, actually, I started when I was a firefighter. We came home from a fire. We came back to the station from a fire, and the cooking staff was kind of lazy that day and gave us plain hot dogs and french fries, and we were really hungry, and I called my mom and asked her what's the recipe for carne asada, and she gave it to me and whipped up some tacos, and the guys were like, you should be making tacos instead of fighting fires, and here I am now. There you go. Well, that's what started it. Uh, well, tell me, so in Gainesville, I met you, specifically Manny, working out at Wild Wings. As a bouncer. Yes. So where did that transition come from? That's a little bit different gig. Oh, it is. Big, very different. Well, I got tired just doing the bouncing thing. And uh, people were asking, you know, about food trucks and pop-ups. And they were really not allowed. And then um, I came to the city marshal and I presented my idea. And they said, all right, well, let's let's do a dry run with the health department. If they like it, we could, we'll do it. And they went for it, and I went from stand, setting up on the square to going to wineries, breweries, schools in Gainesville, and then it was time for me to let go of the security shirt, and I met Katie around that time in 2019, the summer, and we were both affected by the pandemic, and we decided just to go full-blown with the restaurant. She worked as a server, bartender, bar manager, and I was doing security, just this talkman, which is really a part-time gig. And yeah, so you went all in. So that was my question. I was thinking about that, Katie. Now, I've known Manny for a while. Now, what made you go all in with this character and say, "I want to do this"? 
That personality. I, I love his personality, yes. <laughs> he's hilarious. And he's actually very, very, very creative. His ideas are amazing. And I, being in the industry as long as I have, and he, he, him too, I just thought with our experience, we have something we could really grow into something big. Yeah, and I'm sure it helps not just being a one-man show too. Oh, yes. Well, you're, you're in an industry that has been exceptionally challenged the last 16 or 18 months and the fact that you survived and it seems you as they're saying you pivoted some you you went in a different direction it's quite a credit to you that you you stayed and 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 not only stayed but you're you're prospering yeah what would you experience during the pandemic i'm curious was it a it was it was different we you know we were sitting around the house talking about what we're going to do because you know you know, while we in cafe, then into the security guard, around around, it was uh, March, the St. Patty's weekend, and I had to cancel a lot of gigs, and we sat around, and we cooked and explored the menu. We had a good talk about it, and be like, hey, they're going to just open back up in June. Do you want to do this? And she says, yeah, let's do this, because when I started the business, it was only just tacos, just steak, chicken, and chorizo. That's it. And slowly, I was putting in quesadillas, and now I have tacos. TJ Dogs, the Hangover Dog, <laughs> a Crunchadilla, which is a crunchy quesadilla, almost like the Taco Bell um, Crunch Wrap, crunch wrap <laughs> but better. <laughs> and um, we we just kind of decided, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go with this full blown, and we we've been lucky. I mean, are you seeing things are pretty much open back up now, or is it kind of still building back to normal? Oh. I think it's building back to normal. Okay. I'm going to insert myself here really quickly. I think something that really is interesting that's happening in the restaurant industry right now is that we're seeing an evolution. Like a lot of people don't know, but there's something called ghost kitchens. Ghost kitchens are working out of um, kitchens like Chili's. They're they're renting part of their space and they're doing all to go food out of oh, the wow. back of their kitchens. Sometimes two and three different restaurants. Like there's a Chili's in Snellville because that's where we're in Gwinnett that has two different kitchens that work out of their, as to their own kitchen serving their public. And then there's also another thing called Prep Atlanta. And it's basically a food court and commissary for businesses like us to be able to grow, but from a smaller scale. So you're not having that major investment into a huge building. It's it's really been interesting. I think that we're going to see a lot of um, really amazing ideas and everything come from this time our industry will will survive no that and i I love that anytime we go through something hard creative people figure out new things and opportunities from that so that's exciting to hear there's some yes there's there's something there's going to be a lot of pop-ups and food trucks more often there is a little obstacle with some counties some cities oh we don't they don't like it or it's only limited to certain events but now everybody wants to be jump on board about it and well, I'm guessing that's the big advice. If somebody said, I want to do something like this, is make sure it's it's allowed and it's zoned or you could spend a lot of money and get burned. Well, and make sure you have your license and your insurance and do all the things, you know, to maintain a legitimate, you know, business. Who who are your customers? All over Atlanta. <laughs> we have a lot of customers. We go to a lot of breweries, wineries. We have um, a lot of teachers. A lot of teachers. Doctors, um, not was it two weeks ago? No, a month ago, we were catering for a Norhall baseball team. 
So it can be an event. It could just be a private party. It could be, it could be a be private anything. party. Okay. It could be a a public event. We do all kinds. We we always say there's nothing too small or too big for us. For August 28th, we're doing a car show at the Rowing Center. Okay. And they're expecting 3,000 people. Yeah, we did a Har- Harley Davidson's Rockabilly um, Fest and The Rockabilly Rumble. Yeah, in Clarksville. Or, no, Cartersville. Cartersville. We, we, we go so many places. It's hard to keep it all straight. But, but well, yes. you, you, you mentioned a doctor, for example. Maybe a doctor wants to treat his staff, uh, oh, honor yeah. them for their, their good work through the long hours and everything we've gone through over the last 16 or 18 months. So they want to they want to throw a, a little festivity for them. And we do stuff like that. We've been to Dennis's office. Um, I've been to um, Long Street Clinics before and, and set up and done, you know, food I mean, for the staff. We did Fox Factory a few times. Yeah, the new factory here, Fox, we did that. Yeah. We used to do Food Truck Friday at the hospital, but that ended 2020. And they're kind of working on bringing it back up. But... Yes, the, the hospital staff, I mean, they love our food, and we've been there many, many times, and we've been, we just did a doctor's birthday party, didn't we? We've done, we also do, like, community pool parties, you know, we, we'll have neighborhoods ask us to come in and just pop up and sell food to the, you know. So what's that process? So say I have a party coming up, is it website, phone call, how do we find out? You can out? find us on Facebook, Instagram, that's going to be where, you know. I'm working on the Google thing. A lot of people have been telling we me. We do need to get a website. A lot of people have been telling me that all they do is look up Google, Google Taco Man or Taco Truck, and boom, I pop up. And it's officially El Taco Man. El Taco Man. All right. Well, just just real quick, a couple people listening, and you, you hit on some of it. What are what are some favorites or describe if if you're coming out to my party? What what's kind of the the package or offering here? If you had to go with you know here's here's the three four five things we're gonna do at the party. Okay, for parties, a lot of times, like, we did tons of graduation parties and birthday parties this year, but it depends on what our customer wants or the client wants a lot of times. We'll be like, do you want tacos, rice, and beans? Or And so if that's what if they're like, yeah, that's what we want, we'll do one of each taco. We do all-you-can-eat tacos, rice and beans, and guacamole, you know, is usually a really standard party thing to do. kind of customize a menu a we, cu- we can customize it pretty much how, however some but like for example the doctor who hired him he wanted hot dogs too and so we just added that into the the cost and he was fine with it right, so it's just kind of customized we're talking to manny and katie with el taco man i'm bo henderson here with dr bill lampton you're listening to north georgia business radio x the voice of local business we come back i want to talk a little bit about your connection to this food and then maybe what's next Right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. We're talking about parties, get-togethers, events, and one thing that's going to come up is you're probably going to need to feed people at these things. We're talking to Manny Carrillo and, and Katie Ellisque from El Taco Man, and we've been talking about the food truck and, and the business, but we're talking about El Taco Man, and I want to talk specifically, guys, I know you have a connection to this street food. You're calling it Mexican street food. Tell me a little bit about it, because you said where you come from, 
You can say where that is. Um, people know if this is the real deal. Well, I'm from Santa Ana, California, which is right. in Orange County. Right. And you have taco stands everywhere in the downtown area. You can be driving, the way people look for street food in Santa Ana is very particular. You drive down the street and you look down the alley. If you see a truck <laughs> with a bunch of people, that's a good truck. Okay. Then you go to Tijuana, where Katie's from Chula Vista, and it's a lot different over there. You go to nightclubs, bars, and it's closing time and you're hungry and you got, and you got two choices. Either you got your Tijuana dog or you have your street taco. And what am I missing to have out there? Um, I mean, I think that's really the major standard. That's the root of it. But, but I mean, it's also very um, regional in Mexico. I have an aunt who moved to the Morelia, Michoacan. She raised her family there. And when we would go down to visit her, there were vendors that would literally make like fresh potato chips on the street and they squeeze lime all over them and tahine and they're delicious. I'm, I really, I crave those sometimes. I wish that we could do that. So it's regional in Mexico too. It depends on where you go. Like if you head down the Baja, you're going to head into Rosarito beach. There's going to be a lot of seafood, that kind of thing. A lot of fish tacos. A lot wow. of fish tacos. Well, at the break, you were, you guys were telling me that people will ask if you're from California and when oh, they yes. find that out, they'll be like, okay, then I'll, then I'll buy some food. They'll walk up to the line, see the menu, ask us what we have, and it'll be like, are you from California? And I was like, yes. And they'll be like, all right, we need to get on this line. And then they'll wait 40 minutes. And or be like, they'll ask, do, do you put cheese on your tacos or something? I mean, they'll just know. that. All right. K- Katie went ahead. She jumped ahead for my next question, okay? Sorry. This one's tough. No, no, no. Thank you for queuing <laughs> it up. It's, you know, I was, I was looking and talking with you guys, and you said... Unless you ask special requests, you don't do cheese. Tell me about that. It's never been on the menu. It's a very authentic, it's very basic taco. It's a real simple taco. It's just your salsa verde, your roja, either hot or mild, your lime, your cilantro, your onion, your, por- your, your protein, and there you go. So what I'm hearing, if it, if it tastes good enough, you don't need the cheese. You don't need the cheese. There you go. And a lot of times it's very hard for, you know, vendors on the streets to, to have cheese and, and control. Well, and it's such an American idea to have cheese on tacos, but really authentic, t- authentic tacos aren't served with cheese. But yes, we do have customers that want the real deal. And they'll be like, do you put cheese on your tacos? Like, we do it on the quesadillas. Like, all right, as long as you don't put it on the taco. Uh, one of the, uh, the things I'm curious about, I've, I've been to Mexico on vacation four different times and and love the uh, cuisine. One of the things I'm curious about is, is there a distinction between what you serve from your your taco truck and what we would get in a typical Mexican restaurant? Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Especially it depends where you go in Mexico. You go more to Cancun, the resorts, you're going to have more of your Tex-Mex, Something more, you know, Americanized, more familiarized. You go more into deep South Mexico, then you're going to hit the taco stands where you're going to be like, they'll have five different kinds of meat, and you'll be like, what is that? And they'll be like, lengua. So what is lengua? Beef tongue. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. which beef tongue is delicious, and I want to put it on the menu soon. It is delicious. It's my pot favorite. <laughs> it tastes like pot rolls. Beef tongue, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get all your crazy, you know, your tripe, your head tacos, and you don't see that that much at the resorts. It's very region how it is. There's people out there that really go and dig and find the food trucks. Like I said, the best way to find a food truck, food vendor, is you drive down and you look down the alleys. And if you see at nighttime a little car with a little old lady and 
all kinds of people. A lamp <laughs> and a an umbrella. Lamp. A big line, right. And a big line. Right. She probably has one of the best hot dogs you ever tasted in your life. <laughs> well, so when you shifted uh, from, from working, you know, getting a paycheck at Wild Wings to now doing this, now you're a business owner. Tell yes. me a little bit about that. I mean, that, that's a little different. Oh, it's a lot different. Yeah. It's a lot better. Yes. I was very nervous when I first started. I just didn't know where I was going to go with it. And then, you know, I did it by myself. My dad helped me out a lot. I'm sure a lot of people have seen my dad on the taco stand. And that's pretty much where you get the recipe from. And like I said, last year. They still help a lot. They still help a lot. They, they still cook our salsa. We Typically, they always kind of make the salsa for us. My mom refuses me to make the salsa because she says I make it too hot. <laughs> she says you just make it too hot. And then Katie jumped aboard, and she's been we've been just rocking and rolling and really killing it. Well, you know, one of the I think a lot of people when they go to entrepreneurship or owning a business, I think time freedom. Finally, I don't have to go into these hours I have to work. And you realize you're probably going to work more than you ever did before. Yes, but at least you're building something you believe in and love. So, well, I that's mean, exactly what it's about. It, the, put a, put it the blood, sweat, and tears in now, and hopefully later we can benefit from that. Right. I mean, I love bouncing. Don't get me wrong. I love doing the security work. I, I mean, but still, you know. You, you work a couple hours a night, a couple hours a week, and then you're off the rest of the week. Well, your line gets long enough at the stand, you can start bouncing at the taco. Oh, I've, I felt like I had to do that a few You've times. Had to. <laughs> you know, one of the things I'm thinking about is where you talked about somebody <laughs> uh, was a little bit repulsed by what the food was. You know, you, you mentioned tongue of, of some kind. <laughs> tongue. And, and I was thinking, if you think... When you sit down at a meal, what anything uh, that was live, <laughs> what you're dining on, uh, it doesn't have to be something exotic. I mean, if you if you think about uh, any food I could mention, th- there might be a reason you could you could say, "Gee, I'm I'm offended by that." Well, I mean, chorizo, for example, people don't know. A lot of people don't know what chorizo is. It's delicious. I grew up on. I love it, and I prefer over steak sometimes. And some people look at it like, what is that? It's like, oh, Mexican pork sauce. It's just like, I've never had it before. And Katie will give them a sample. I insist they try it. <laughs> because a lot of people have the misconception that it's really hot and spicy. And it, it's, it's very spiced, but it's not hot spicy, if that makes sense. Yeah. We're talking to Manny and Katie with El Taco Man. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. Now, my question is, is this... And, and this is great if this is it. Is it El Taco Man, or is there plans down the road to be El Taco Men? Well, Expansion plans. That's my question. We do have plans on that. Okay. We want to do a shipping container idea with a patio atmosphere. Okay. That would be – that's what we've been bouncing around in our head is something like that. And do kind of like a boutique taco stand. You know, I'd like to – I've been very involved in the bar world for a long time. I love craft cocktails, so I'd really like to expand and have a nice craft cocktail menu with classic Mexican cocktails. Oh, nice. So you could you could offer both out of the same. Right. Mm-hmm. We even have the name for the sister already. Oh, really? <laughs> Can you share it or is it still? <laughs> you, saw, you share it. It's called Tacos de la Reina. Okay. The Queen's Tacos. Oh, I like it. So that's going to be more of a little craft bistro atmosphere. a little class here let's be fair yeah <laughs> between that we're gonna do the the shipping container first well tell me right. about what, what do you mean by that we want to get a shipping container gut it out well they're gonna be gutted out but right. build a kitchen inside of the shipping containers cook inside the shipping container right and then have people walk up to it we'll cut out a window or a door 
and have and like, even maybe have a bar along have a that bar window. That okay. window, so people could kind of like sit there and kind of see the whole everybody cooking in there. It's not going to be sealed. Like we want everybody to see us cooking and getting down and all that and. Have more like a atmosphere, like a patio, like patio atmosphere, kind of yeah, hang like outside. A, a mobile restaurant, almost. Well, and the thing about the shipping containers is because the restaurant industry is so um, shaky. I guess is the word I would use right now since the pandemic. Uh, you can add a, another container to the top of it. You could add mm-hmm. a dining room if you wanted to. But we're really trying to go with a like more outdoor concept because we don't know what the future holds as far as this pandemic stuff goes. Not it. Yeah, so any other, this is vision casting, any other next steps or next plans or just really busy coming up with the summer? The summer, we got to get through the summer because the summer's really busy right now. We are, we have a lot of private gifts coming up in July. Um, the shipping container is going to be uh, more of the bigger focus next year. We do okay. want to get more equipment for the taco stand right now. Got it. Well, right. first I want to say thank you so much for the food, guys. It was good. You're welcome. We had tacos, quesadillas. Manny, you had the hangover hangover dog. You want to describe what that is real quick? Yeah, she's better at doing that. Okay. <laughs> it's a bacon-wrapped Angus beef hot dog. It has um, grilled peppers and onions, ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, relish, and then it is finished with hot or mild salsa, if you prefer, and cilantro. That would be the TJ dog. The hangover dog is that dog exactly, but it has chorizo on it as well. Well, on that note, while everybody's thinking about that, maybe even a little salivating about that, look up El Taco Man, social media, online. Guys, thanks so much for being on the show. Katie, Manny, I'm Bo Henderson. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with my buddy Bill Lampton. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.